What's up, folks? Thank you for joining us uh, as you're social distancing from everybody else. Come social and uh, gather in uh, the podcast space with Hitting the High Notes, Utah Jazz Talk here. Uh, they call me the guy, the quakes with no shake. Uh, coincidentally enough, I was a 5.7 on hotornot.com. It's me, Hootran, <laughs> at Hootran Superman. And I'm uh, my co-host not. here. He is, um, uh, he's quarantining for your sake, not his sake. It's Jared Barker, Go the Distance 49. What's up, Jared? Oh, I am. I'm actually pretty good considering the, the. I'm surprised you said quarantine instead of quarantine. Did you? Yeah, no, did you, you know. say that that didn't work out well last episode or something? Oh, I, I, I like to, I like to mix up. I'm, I'm an enigma, so wrapped in a, a I don't know uh, burrito. The, the, the <laughs> enigma, enigma. All right, Jared. So, um, uh, we don't always get the big guest. You know, we we don't. Yeah. We, don't we tried to get I mean, George we, Yang. That didn't work out. Craig Jack has not returned my calls. Uh, I don't know the jazz bear personally. I, but you I, know, heard, I heard the voicemails you left, Craig, were pretty disturbing. So I right, don't know if we're right, get yeah. <laughs> but I was trying to be Matt Harping, you know. But <laughs> not uh, we, we don't always get the big names, but we get the guy who does get the big names, host of the jazz podcast, jazz podcast. Excuse me. Yeah, drop that D uh, in there, jazz yeah, the D there. Um, uh, Mr. Matt Sanchez, what's up, Matt? Hey guys, I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah, just just living the quarantine life, you know. Yeah, how was yeah. that? How was that treating you, Matt? You know, I work from home already before uh, social distancing and, and quarantine, quarantining. So it's not that that big <laughs> of a change, to be honest, as far as like my normal day to day. But I've got little kids. I don't know if you guys have kids, and like not taking them, you know, to the park or the trampoline park or to the movies or whatever. Like that's more of the struggle is like entertaining them and they don't really get it. Like my little guy, my oldest, he's only four. So he's like, let's go see a movie. And I'm like, oh, we can't. He's like, why? And it's, that, that's, that's like kind of the sad part of it, but oh, he, he's tough. still, you know, in his parents or whatever. Um, you know, I'll just like, I'll just say, how about we, Make pizza instead, and they'll be like, "Okay, you know." <laughs> he has a short well, memory good. on what he wants to do. But. That's good. Yeah, He's a good that, sport, man. then. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, quarantine is uh, going well for everybody. Um, uh, it's it's hard. I mean, like, um, uh, it's only been what it was it two weeks tomorrow, right? Two weeks tomorrow since the world got flipped upside down. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, um, but yeah, things are things have changed. We're all trying to be more. Uh, aware of our surroundings and just uh, trying to do things is hard. Like I'm uh, working from home. I'm, I'm, unem- I'm technically unemployed right now. So yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a weird time being in quarantine. Um, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean the, the NBA news cycle has not stopped. Um, uh, Matt, I, I do want to get your opinion on this because uh, we got word today that the Utah jazz are um, uh, planning on offering a max contract ex- extension to uh, Mr. Donovan Mitchell, which sounds like a no-brainer. How, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of of getting Donovan or keeping him here as long as possible. So he he deserves and he should get every possible dollar that the Jazz can offer. So um, you know, we all know how special he is and how special he can be you know he's still so young in his career he's he's taken you know leaps um and you know the best is yet to come with donovan so um extending him i think is a no-brainer like you said um and hopefully we can keep him here forever you said you got to cover him in the draft if i remember from some of your pods right yeah um yep so my last draft, um, I left the jazz, the, that Thanksgiving. So I got to be around Donovan a little bit, um, and at the draft and as far as his personality and his, he goes, um, dang, he was just so great. And I think I always kind of say he's exactly what you see. Um, mm-hmm. he's not one of these guys who just puts on like a front, Oh, there's a camera on me. I'm going to put on my smile on now you know, he's, he's just so down to earth. Um, you know, we, we did a couple of photo shoots. I don't know if you remember the statement Jersey reveal with him and Rodney hood when they were in the gold unis and oh, yeah. we kind of had like this gold floor and it was just, it was just kind of like a quick, it was a fun video shoot and just stuff like that. Um, 
you know, and at the time he hadn't blossomed in the Donovan Mitchell. He was a rookie who was happy to be in the league, but from what I've seen, he just seems exactly the same as, you know, the day he was drafted and, and the day he, you know, worked out for the jazz and just a, just an all around good, like humble dude. Awesome. What? It's great to hear from somebody who's been able to, you know, meet with the guy in person himself. Um, and because I think that perspective is valuable. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt. So let's 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 dive into your um uh, a little bit of you actually because uh, if you haven't listened to his podcast, please go subscribe to it. It's the Jazz Podcast. Amazing has got some great guests on it. Talks about his time uh, working with the Jazz. Uh, as Jared says, Matt Matt said uh, Matt Sanchez here is actually one of the Jazz Twitter OGs. I would say. Oh yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so give us yeah. a, a quick. I know you've told a story about um uh. uh Tell us yeah. the audience here about like how you kind of got involved with the jazz and where that took you and everything. Yeah. So not, I don't want to take up the entire podcast on this, but uh, make kind of a long story, a little shorter um, lifelong jazz fan and always just wanted to work for the jazz and didn't know exactly how to go about that. Um, I first started out, um, you guys know what the Cypress crew is, right? Um they're the uh, yeah, people so. who throw they're in the upper bowl throwing stuff oh, out yeah, in the yeah, crowd yeah. during time out, right like cypress credit union and the first cypress year that they credit had that union. yeah your future is our future I, that's it I yeah. them. that's my that's my bank or, well, we did it great <laughs> all right go ahead, go ahead now, sorry yeah no. and like that was the first year they did that so i became a cypress crew guy and from there, um, I did a bunch of different internships while I was in college locally, like KSL and KFAN when it still existed. And I was able to get an internship with the Jazz. Um, this is 09, um, I want to say, 08. Oh, nice. And um, anyway, stayed around. I was a, an intern for the Jazz in different capacities for years. I, I was kind of like this career intern there, whether it was in the marketing department or a game ops department, back to marketing. And then I became a video archiving intern um, within the marketing department. And my whole job was just to archive photos and videos. And um, quickly, maybe two or three weeks after I was hired to do that, um, it kind of shifted into there was a need for someone to help out with content. And social media was definitely not what it is now. You know, there was no Instagram. Instagram didn't exist. And, you know, Twitter, jazz Twitter was just something that people used, I should say fans used sparingly, like people weren't on Twitter and Facebook was still kind of like the the social media platform of choice. And um, years went by, you know, obviously I became full time and I should give a shout out to uh, Jared Conger um, is the original jazz, like godfather of social media. Uh, oh. if you don't follow Conger or know who know that, but Conger left and then Bill Lee took over for Jared. Um, and then Bill and I worked kind of as like a one, two combo for years together. Um, I don't know if you follow Bill Lee. He's, he's a good guy. And then when Bill left, I kind of took the reins and was the head of every, you know, the head of the department as far as digital and social goes for a couple seasons. Um, and then I left. So yeah. Um, it was kind of a, I always say I was lucky to be around at the time of social media kind of like blossoming um, because there was a need in my background. I was a journalism major at the U and I kind of had like media training and um, I was just, I was really lucky to be there at the right time and then kind of just see it grow into what it is now. It's kind of, it's kind of insane. We always kind of joke about when I first started our first camera was a flip video camera. Like you guys, you remember the flip cameras? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I would show up to jazz practice to, you know, get practice or post game video or whatever. And I had a flip cam and well, one, like <laughs> we were not taken seriously by like anyone, the players, let alone the other media who have their giant, you know, cameras. And yeah, we had no editing software. I remember asking Bill, I said, you just, how do we edit this? And he says, Oh, there's no editing. You know, you push record and you push stop and that's what we post. And I was like, geez. So, but now <laughs> to see like the cameras and the equipment and stuff that they have now, it's, it's, um, it's really cool to um, see kind of where it's gone and to be the guy who helped lay that foundation is, is cool. Yeah. So Matt Sanchez is, is a, is a godfather in his own right. 
Um, uh, so Matt, like, um, would you say your story is a good um, uh, success story for like young up and coming, like you know, kids who are in high school, college now who want to work for the Jazz? Is it really get your foot in the, in the door any way you can, and then hope to move up from there? Is that is that something you think that a lot of kids can emulate? Yeah, I think, I think so. I, I think there's a a matter of the you know timing is everything is like the cliche, right? But I think. I think with me, it was just like, I wasn't going to like go away. Like I kind of kept finding opportunities. Um, like I said, I started with the Cypress crew and, and I didn't even know what that was, you know, and I, I just kind of found a way to get in and then tried to show value or make, you know, proper connections within the organization and show that I can do more or I'm valuable and, you know, just trying and, um, not being afraid to fail. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm never going to, I'm never going to get a job with the jazz. And if you're a kid in high school or in college, like, why not? You know, like I said, I did a ton of internships and I feel like those were like the keys to my success. Um, at least, you know, with the jazz and in my career is you become, you, you have some skill, you know, if people, I've, I've hired people when I worked at the jazz and they would come in for, you know, video job, but they didn't really have video experience. And, I think if you can if you can get a skill, whether it's writing or video, or you're really good with podcasts, you're really good with audio, whatever it is, you know that's something you can build on. And I think if you want to work for the jazz, just like try to become well-rounded, but develop that skill or skills, and you become valuable. And, and then they can't they need you. You know, you you show them a, like a little niche of where where you could help, and they're like, yeah, let's hire this this person. Gotcha. I, we've always heard it's very family sort of atmosphere over there. So it sounds like, yeah, getting your foot in the door is, is a really big part of that. And then, like you said, just grinding it out, always improving, you know, as, as Ty yeah. Corbin would always say, get, <laughs> get better. <laughs> totally. Day after day. Hey, good old Ty. Yeah. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Ty? I feel like sometimes he gets, he's not remembered fondly. Yeah, he gets a he. Well, it's it's never easy to follow a legend, and so he was put in a hard spot, as it was. They just and, they just tossed him in there, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of rough. And then I think, I think what people really got mad at, to to me, he wasn't doing such a terrible job. But then when they gave him that extension, people's expectations were like, okay, well, you really gotta, you know, you gotta produce something because jazz fans are spoiled. What can I say? You know, playoffs for 20 years or whatever. Yeah, fans have high expectations. Here. Totally. I mean, it was hard because like, what years were those? Like 2011 to 2014 or so, right? Like 2010 to 2014. Yeah. Those totally. seasons are hard because like, it, like one of those years was the most frustrating jazz team. I, it was the last year of Millsap, last year of Jefferson and yeah. the jazz were obviously not going to complete for a title. But they were still competitive enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, when yeah. in reality, the best business decision to do was to probably trade away the veterans to get something for nothing because they left for nothing, and then to like maybe play some of the younger guys to get them more reps and you know jumpstart the rebuild, which the Jazz um, at that point were refusing to do. And it's, it's hard because yeah. Ty Corbin's job was to win games, not to. Right you know, set the table for the future. Well, he, you know, he had two jobs to do and it was, it's hard to do both of those at the same time. So he does yeah. get kind of a, you know, but, but it's also like he's, he's had um, uh, opportunities outside the jazz and it hasn't worked out for him either. So it is I think what it he's is. a good assistant coach. Um, and I think he still valuable as an assistant. Um, it's just, I mean, some guys aren't, uh, aren't going to be able to, to make it as the as a head coach and it's just it's very hard and very competitive and that's only 30 spots for those head coaching jobs so yeah it really I think he'd probably be a good college head coach or whatnot I just I know he knows basketball I mean that's obvious yeah. I mean he played and yeah now, maybe maybe you gotta do the quid route and, and coach 10 different places before you get your head coaching job again to, you know, get experience, you know? So, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, Matt, where does, um, uh, Ty Corbin rank in your, um, uh, all time favorite jazz man list? <laughs> That's uh, a good well, he didn't make my top 32. Uh, oh, what a shame. <laughs> oh, that's I right. <laughs> I but, forgot about that. Did yeah, he get a play no, match? No, did not, not, not even a play in match? Oh, no, man. he did not. He did not get a play in match. Yet. I, right, I so, don't know. I, maybe top 40? Maybe top 40? 
Yeah, right? no, that's respectable. That's, that's yeah. respectable. He's, he's yeah. pretty like he he th- those ninety four Jazzers were good. So um, uh, yeah. um Belton Spencer. I, I, <laughs> I, I really want to I really wanted to um, uh, jump into this because if you're not following the jazz podcast, if you're not following Matt Sam- Matt, tell us your handles for, on Twitter first off. Yeah, so I'm at Matt Sanchez, but I have the underscore in front of my name. Uh Matt Matt Sanchez is taken and uh so uh, it's underscore Matt Sanchez. So uh that's where I'm at. But I think if you just search my name, it usually comes up. If you want, um, uh, we can do what Riley's doing and uh, report the other guy and have. <laughs> I know. Funny, totally. Side note is the person who has the handle at Matt M A T T. I uh, I messaged him and he's this guy in the UK and I said, hey, how much for your handle? And just to see what he would say, you know, like maybe he's like, oh, five hundred bucks or or some number that is like you know semi reasonable. And he's like, well, I've turned down twenty five thousand, so it had to be has to be more than that. And I was whoa, like, okay. Whoa. Okay, I, well, I don't enjoy know the handle. So, I don't know why somebody would turn down twenty five k. I would sell a handle <laughs> in a heartbeat for that. Wait, I know, maybe, for real. Maybe he's waiting for Matt Damon to finally go. You know what? I want at Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, reading a blog post once. This is kind of way off topic, but I'll I'll be short. There was a, a guy who had like before they started like making handles had to be a certain length. He had at the letter N, and uh, he had. Long story short, somebody like basically bilked him out of it because he had it attached to uh, an email for his 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 web personal website, and he said if he had had it attached to like Yahoo or Gmail, it would have been safer. But they they like hacked his website so they could extort him to get give them the oh, wow. and wow. handle. All right, I, it was insanity. I'm just like, dang. Like, um, uh, <laughs> could you talk to at at Chris at five KL right? Like how he has like a yeah. three, three digit of a handle. So totally. You know, yeah, he um, told that story. Like that's that's a Twitter OG right there, and how he was OG. around before they. You know why you could still have one or two or three characters. You can't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Matt. So yeah. So that was at, at underscore Matt Sanchez, and then you have one yeah. for the podcast, like like me. What, what uh, is it at? At uh, is it just Jazzed Pod? Or it's it's Jazzed Podcast. Jazzed Podcast. At Jazzed Podcast. Yeah. So um, on on Matt's Twitter right now, he is holding a uh, top thirty two March Madness bracket for favorite Jasmine. Favorite Jasmine. Uh, yeah, to fans. So, uh, first, tell us the process of like you know because it's March. We all want to put together silly March Madness <laughs> brackets. I'm working on a, a a Nintendo one right now. So, nice. oh, what, are you doing um, a Simpsons one again this year? Who? I should. We should do a Simpsons one. Uh, Simpsons yeah, was really hard it, though. We had it saved from last year. I think. I don't <laughs> no. know. We have a lot. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, Matt. So tell us the thought process, like how this came about. Well. Um, it's funny. I actually started one on my own Twitter because <laughs> I started doing the best action hero of all time bracket. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that one too. That you know, fun. with actors and stuff. And and then I thought to myself, what could I do for you know jazz related? And and I know. Okay, so everyone. Okay, I'll just be honest. I'm pretty sure John Stockton's going to win this thing. But <laughs> I think. But, you're right. Who else could come close? Is it going to be a guaranteed Stockton versus Malone? Is AK somehow going to get in there? Is Derek Favors going to make a run? So I, I was more Ooh, interested. I think, I think Favors the, might make the final four. Yeah, I'm yeah. for him. Who who is yeah, so like, Favors was like a three seed, right? And he was in Favors the, was a three seed. I think he's I think in the Donovan Favors, side. The Donovan bracket. Yeah, that's that's hard. Yeah. To I'll, I'll be honest. Oh. If Favors was in the because I, I think Malone had the easiest path to the final. <laughs> perhaps That's i think it depends on who you talk to because i think ak That's is very beloved um at least in the twitter community jazz twitter community and he's oh, up in yeah. that carl bracket jazz twitter loves ak yeah so we'll see but i think the whole point was oh this is just for fun obviously but who who's a top four who's the top eight and obviously matchups can you know factor in you know jeff hornacek's going to potentially go up against stockton well maybe hornacek's a guaranteed top five favorite jazz guy so it's 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 more just for fun just to see who likes you know whom um but it it was it was kind of stressful like picking a top 32 and (laughs) even a little more stressful seeding it i i asked you know a lot of my friends and you know first of all i put it out on twitter like 
who are your favorite jazz guys just to kind of get an idea for who um if there's any that I was forgetting um and there are a couple of guys that I did kind of honestly forget um that I got a little uh crap about but um I, I kind of wanted to steer you know steer it as the favorite so like I seeded it as like favorite player so not not best you know so there's no yeah. Hayward in there there's no um no guys who are just like considered like best like Carlos Boozer is a six seed well if this was who's the best jazz man he'd probably be a two seed or a three yeah, seed right. so I kind of tried to seed it accordingly um and then my own personal biases obviously like I I feel like my favorite jazz guy is it's super close is Mehmet Kerr. so I want to like I think in my own unconscious bias, maybe put memo in an area where maybe he can come out of the, of his bracket or whatever. So uh, I tried to have a little fun with that and, you know, where guys or who they might sh- face, face up against. Like in the second round, it's going to be Donovan and Ricky Rubio. And I thought that would kind of be fun. And Corver is going to be going against Karolinko um, in the second round. So I kind of wanted to pair up some guys that I thought would be fun to go against. Yeah, personally, um, uh, I, I've I've been following. It's been it's been fun. Um, I stopped voting because um, I was so mad at your fans for um, uh, <laughs> voting out um, uh, Fasenko. So, uh, well, you know the story, right? What's the story? Well, my story was, was I I was trying. I was doing. I did a few different like play in matchups, so to speak. Yeah, and was I it really in one of those plans or yeah, and I really wanted to nicely eliminate Sundiata. Because I think he's really loved, but yeah, he didn't do too much on the Jazz. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put him against Fasenko, and it's gonna, he's going to get eliminated. And then Sunday, you to beat him. So it kind of backfired. Cinderella and, story. I, I honestly, yeah, I honestly thought, oh, Fez is going to beat him, and that'll be my excuse. Oh, hey, Sunday, you got a chance, and he lost. But it didn't, it didn't work out for me. So <laughs> I, I wonder if that teaches us that um, uh, big shots, big moments, um, people just remember that more than Fez being goofy, you know, like I was trying to find the right. clip of Fez. I'm uh, talking about when he had to come in during the playoff game. And he's like, I looked at the end of the bench and I was like, who, who else is left? Oh, it's just me. And so <laughs> yeah, he had to, you know, go in and play and he played very well. And like the thing that Fez never had a, a huge game or a huge shot that we ended Santiago did, obviously. And I yeah. wonder if that teaches us that fans tend to remember the big moments more than I'm um, a, uh, you know, the players' personalities and stuff. So I, I, think, I think when so. it comes down to it, fans, yeah, remember the sport being played on the floor. <laughs> so well, another fun like play in matchup was Damari Carroll versus Joe Johnson. And oh, personally yeah, Damari was, so was awesome. Like yeah, as a no. jazz man, Damari was fantastic. But Joe yeah, obviously but Joe was so beloved because of that shot. Yeah. 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 That yeah. shot cemented Joe as like forever beloved in this state. I know. <laughs> uh, I have a funny story about that. I mean, I was lucky enough to be there uh, in the building and I lost my mind because, you know, when you sit in press row, like you're not supposed to like make a peep. And I always kind of felt like, well, I'm not really technically media. I just work for the team, but I kind of am. And when he made the shot, I was sitting next to Andy Larson and I just started going nuts. (laughs) And I like grabbed Andy's shoulder and I was like shaking him and I'm a big dude. And I kind of felt like I like pulled his shoulder out because <laughs> like I was just like, I can't believe it. And I was like shaking his shoulder. And then about two seconds later, I was like, wait, I need to shut up and I need to start tweeting, you know, that guy, like, it, but the fan in you takes over in those moments. And it was a pretty epic moment. Uh, how, how, how hard is that? Great. Of a uh, being in media row and like trying to hold that in because like, <laughs> like you're, when you talk about media row, I remember, uh, Donovan versus the, the the blouses dunk, you know, when he dunks and you see Tony Jones in the background go, whoa, you know, right. like, he's not cheering, but he's in awe of what just happened. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, like it's not cheering, but it's hard because the game's emotional. If you grew up a jazz fan, it's, uh, it's, you're tied to it. So how oh, hard yeah. was that for you to um, uh, be in press row um, uh, for big moments like that? Oh, it was, it was really, I mean, you kind of get used to it. And you said it like guys around, like whether it's Tony or, or whoever, um, you know, Aaron Falk or when Jody was on the beat, like you're definitely going to like let out your oohs and ahs. Like you can't help it. Um, it's more of like the, the open cheering that like, if you were to like clap your hands, like you get all these like stink eyes and it's, 
it's kind of funny you, you start I, going let's go utah they're like wow. yeah i had this little thing where like i sat on the end of like the press row and i would kind of like tap the table like as a, that was like kind of my clap and i don't know i kind of i kind of didn't care if i was getting stink eyes if i was like clapping on the table or whatever i just did it anyway but it's it's a serious thing like they do not want you cheering yeah, I mean that's I mean it's hard like, to to separate being a fan versus being in you know in a job where um because uh, I'm I've you know I've done media internships I've I did media when I was uh, in school and it's hard to just like separate that and but again we we talked to plenty of journalists Jody Sarah and they've all said the same thing like you just take your emotions away from it because Jody Group yeah. is a jazz fan too you know so yeah. Um, yeah. So, what or what other big moments were you there for? Because, like, you know, you were there when Trey Burke was drafted. You were there, Donovan, right. obviously, Rudy Gobert. Um, what are some yeah. of your favorite moments? Some uh, working with the Jazz that you got to see that um, obviously Jared and I, you know, being Joe Schmoes here, uh, <laughs> like, um, uh, what describe some of the experiences that we uh, that you got to experience? Yeah, it's uh, a great question. Um, well, thank you. I was, you know, privileged to just kind of be around like kind of my era as far as when I, when I got to be around. Um, Cause I mentioned all my internships, I would say really 2011 to 2017, end of 2017. Like I mentioned, I left my last day ever was the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we played at home against the bucks and it was our first ever gold statement Jersey game. That was my last day working for the jazz. I, it's a memorable one because it was our first ever gold game. Anyway, so if you think about 2011 to basically 20 through 2017, like what are the memories? Who are the players? Um, I, when I think about all, a lot of the memories I have, honestly, are with Hayward. And because I was there when Hayward was drafted, right? I was right. at the draft. Hayward gets drafted. And his entire career was spanned my jazz career, so to speak. Right. And, you know, he was very, very cordial. Um, he was one of these guys who was not like Donovan, who would like come over and like chat with you and be like, Hey, did you, did you get the new Madden or whatever? Like Hayward would just be like, Hey, what's up? You know, how's it going? Like kind of just like that monotone, if you can picture or pick, you know, hear his voice. He knew who he knows who everybody who worked for the team was. And that is always that- happy. our relationship never went past like he knew that i had a kid and he would be like oh how's your kid and i'd be like oh he's great and he'd just kind of like walk away you know like he was he was nice but he never there was never a crack in his like i'm a human and i don't know if that's unfair for me to say that but i think that's just how his personality is like he was just there he wanted to work out he wanted to shoot hoops and then he wanted to go home and i can respect that but he just never he never gave it to you. And I was there, you know, with him at the all-star game, which was really cool to be there and be like behind the scenes and following him around. And I was basically on his hip for 36, 48 hours. And like, we, I was just kind of the guy recording video and, you know, it is what it is. Um, I would say when I hard though, when, when they're not like personable with you, it's almost like they're just, yeah, like you're just there. It definitely is my job trying to get content you know, he did not help. He, he, he never, you know, like guys like Donovan or whoever, like they know who the social media person is and they'll go over and they'll give you a little extra or they'll, you know, come and grab your phone and film for you. And, you know, Hayward was certainly not that. And like, I always say, like, it just is what it is. Like, that's just how he was. I can't um, remember if it was you or Billy that had the story about Joe Ingalls that he, when Joe saw so he would always be like, "My th- oh, my three of the week. Why didn't my three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that happened in the hallway after one. Because, you know, the Jazz, one of the sponsored bits of content was threes of the week. And we would just post a video of, you know, it wasn't even like top ten. It was just like, here's a smattering of threes. And I think there was a week where, like, maybe we didn't put any Joe threes or maybe only a couple. And yeah it was just a random game and i kind of was walking back while the offices were still in the arena you know after a game i was walking back upstairs and joe knew that i was the guy who made that and he comes up to me he's like hey how come i wasn't in threes of the week and he like slapped me on the back and the joke like i always say like he kind of hit me really hard like like my shoulder like hurt after but he was like joking but he was serious and after that i was like okay i gotta make sure joe's in these videos from now on (laughs) 
Or you could not do that, or you could troll him and not put him in there and see how how long that went. (laughs) If Uh, if he hits you even harder next time. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Australian stink eye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to do the Shaq impression now. Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah, 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 mate. That's that's the Shaq impression. This is unfair for me to say because I don't know Hayward or Mitchell from anybody else, but it feels like Hayward is someone who would handle... Um, uh, social distancing and, and quarantine really well, but Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Hayward is just like loving life because he gets you know his excuse to be playing game gaming all day. I'm sure. Yeah, um, just which I can't. Out. You know, I. Yeah. Honestly, I always laugh when like his wife is chastising him or something, or when she kicks him off a game or something, and somebody posts something about it. I just laugh. I know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> can I play one more? No. <laughs> yeah, right. That was freaking amazing. And then the da- the daddy's always happy thing made me laugh so hard just because he seems so distraught. No, were you were you paying attention to, to man? That's that's the same to monotone voice. For I, every I know. But the expression on his face, like, he seemed distraught. Really? I thought he was ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag daddy's always happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, it's obviously, like, unfortunate that so many of my memories are with Hayward just because it really just leaves, like, a sour taste in every fan's mouth when it comes to Hayward. But I had a lot of other fun things, you know, like um, – but that might have been the most fun season for you to cover then, right? The the explosion season. Oh yeah, like that was that was really fun because we had some hard years, like you mentioned, like the you know the the tank year. Of, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they were hard years to like to cover and to get fans pumped up. So yeah, that playoff year when we beat the the Clippers that 2017 season. Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah, that that year was like the year that everything's like okay, we've we've gone through two or three years of hell now. But it's all uh, culminated to this point where this is it. This is what we're doing. We're on the rise, you know. We've we've got a, totally. a budding all star on our team. We've got uh, a defensive um, uh, anchor that um, uh, is going to get better. Uh, we're, yeah. we're looking really good. All we have to do is re-sign Hayward in the off season, and this team's going to go <laughs> take off. And that, the one thing didn't happen for the Jazz. But um, no, uh, it yeah. did not. Um, uh, and uh, again, like we we talked about this a lot in our pod, like you know, it is what it is that ha- happened. It happened, and the Jazz obviously lucked out, and were able was able to get you know Donovan Mitchell to help keep the keep the team of a not just afloat, but the, to give them uh, you know, as long as fans have hope, they'll they'll watch anything, you know, as, as long as there's hope for something better. Um, and uh, unfortunately, this season I'm um, uh, kind of. I don't know. Going off it's the rails broke is, fans. Yeah, yeah. Fans. Like going off the rails is, is a is a harsh, but a lot of people had high expectations for this team. Uh, Matt, where did you sit with this team? What was happening uh, before um, uh, the break? What was happening with this team? Like, were they not meshing well? Which is was it just an X's and O's thing? Like, in your opinion, what was going wrong with the team? Yeah, it's. It, I think a lot of us are asking ourselves that question or we were um it's almost unfortunate because it seemed like they were figuring it out right like conley was kind of finally playing well um i think a lot of it was was the integration of conley and the departure of rubio as far as the offense goes um i I honestly do think and i've said this on my podcast i think the biggest factor of the jazz struggles has been the lack of Derek favors on the team um because you know like our bread and butter is defense and you know we always had either him or rudy on the court at the same time one of them was always on the court and you know you gotta love tony bradley but he's not fave and he you know Mm -hmm. tony can't switch out onto guards on pick and rolls like favors could and i honestly think that's a big part of it is we're just kind of off we seem off defensively and it kind of affects our our offense um you know there's yeah, there's that give and take. Like we added Boyan, like it was kind of like favors or Boyan, and 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 Bogdanovich has been so great. Like he's he's like awesome. Um, but I I think I think because um, Mike has obviously struggled and he had his injury, and is it because he's adjusting to a new system? I think that's probably a big part of it. I think he's so used to just dominating the ball constantly, and now he's coming to a team where Donovan really should be dominating the ball. 
that's why Ricky was kind of successful in the offense. And I don't know, there was so you're right. When you say like our expectations were really through the roof, like, could we make it to the finals? Yeah. Why not? And it, it, it's kind yeah. of just like, it seemed like we had a, a why not us rallying cry. Yeah. Why not yeah. us? We can do it. <laughs> right. So it's, and if they, if they, I'm sure you guys have talked about this and maybe we will, but if they end up canceling the season, it's, it'll be a weird, you know, like one for the history books, as far as how do you describe this year, especially if there's no like conclusion to it. Yeah. Cause they have That's, a, I'm with you. like if the jazz lost in the playoffs, at least you say, okay, they got to this round. They, they, they have a stepping stone for another, you know, you can say, okay, cool. As long as this team comes back intact next year, add some pieces, they can say, okay, we made it to the second round. Let's get over that hurdle and make it to the finals now. You know, like, yeah, yeah you're right. Not, not having the finality of it says, oh, we don't, we had no idea that this team was going to go. We had no idea that this team was going to, you know, tank the rest of the, not tank, tank, but like, you know, go on a downward slope and lose in the first round. Or if they were going to get it together in the last like 20 games, make a run in the playoffs that either the second round or maybe the Western Conference, Conference finals, if everything went well. And it, it does, it does that you're right. I, I never actually thought about that. Like not having the finality of the season um, uh, will be really tough for jazz fans to figure out what, because this basically if the season ended today, we're left with a lot of uncertainty about the future of this lineup. The jazz have right now. Totally. No, for I'm, sure. Uh, yeah. I think what you said is right. Cause the, you know, the obviously the ideal situation would be the jazz to somehow have, Conley, Rubio, Bojan, and Favors, but obviously, you know, the front office could not make that work. And yeah, it's fun. There's a tweet out there that says that our front office is not doing very well, and uh, we might talk about that a little bit later. But I mean, it's a tough choice for this front office. Like they they went and got a. No one's going to say Bojan Bogdanovic is a bad signing, but you're right. To to get Bojan Bogdanovic, you had to lose Derek Favors. Really, I mean, right. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's anything. You know, it, it's not like a wrong choice is made. It's just it was a different choice, and it just didn't work out. So totally, it's kind of interesting how that has overtaken the Rudy Supermax as the new flavor of the of the month or whatever. The <laughs> Donovan Twitter, yeah, uh, the Donovan well, extension. You know, it's a it's a twenty four hour news cycle. Things <laughs> things um, uh, get, get you know get get cycled through very quickly. So. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, Matt, how about this? We have to take our, our last break here. Come back. We'll talk about some podcasting stuff. Is that all right? Let's do it. Okay, sounds good. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, folks, welcome back to Hitting the High Notes, Utah Jazz Talk Podcast. Uh, speaking of podcasts, Jared and I are here with the host of the Jazzed Podcast, Matt Sanchez. Uh, part of um, uh, really, there's so many great Utah Jazz podcasts out there now. There's uh, the Jazz Podcast. Uh, there's us. Hopefully, you like us if you're listening. Um, uh, Jazz of Gals, yeah. Jazz of Gals, uh, Jabber Jazz. Jeez, uh, twos and threes. Uh, am I missing anybody? I feel like I'm I'm missing somebody. David Locke doesn't need a plug, does he? <laughs> no, not David Locke. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Joe Ingles, the Ingles Insight Podcast, oh, puts on a lot of business, anyways. So. Oh, dang! Yeah, they're killing it. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, when you started podcast, you started podcasting this year. Um, uh, what was your motivation to get into the podcasting space? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, you guys do an awesome job. Um, oh, thank you. I've always enjoyed listening. And yeah, you're right. There's so many good jazz podcasts out there. Um, when I, I've wanted to do it for a while and I actually wanted to do it while I still worked for the jazz. Um, but just the way that the jazz are just, it made sense that I wasn't able to do it, um, basically. And so, um, I thought about it and I was like, okay, am I really going to do this? Am I going to, you know, kind of dive back into the, the world of, you know, 
content and the jazz and because you know as you guys know it can it can take a lot of work and it's you know you got to stay up on all the games and all the latest and you're always pushing out your content and you know it's it is a lot of work and I was I'm with you there really yeah really not sure if I wanted to do it after doing it for so long for the jazz because there's a certain amount of burnout there when you do it for the jazz um i can we i can only imagine (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's a podcast in and of itself just talking about that that job is it's a grind and it's really really amazing but it's really difficult um, at the same time but when i started my podcast jazz i was like well what do i call it and how do i come up with a logo and how do i get started and i had no idea and I just kind of settled on the name Jazzed. I like it. And, you know, I liked it. It had jazz in the title. And, you know, knowing the jazz, I was sure to not use any, lo- you know, as you guys know, no logos or no player likenesses and oh, right. no reason for them to, you know, Sam Harkness is the the counsel, uh, the, the lawyer for the jazz. Yeah. Gotcha. And, I mean, you don't want him contacting you. So I didn't want to get the jazz any reason to be like, hey, take this down. You know, we own that intellectual property or whatever it is anyway so i started it and i thought hey you know i i know i'm a lifelong fan maybe i'll just do this and who maybe people will listen and i'm really just lucky that i have you know i know certain people or i have contacts because it's really hard to getting guests you know as you guys are obviously know (laughs) (laughs) so but it's been fun like i started it right in september and i've had um, I'm recording, I think my eight, 18th podcast tomorrow, with my oh, 18th awesome. episode. So I haven't done that many, to be honest. At least I don't know if that's a lot, but um, yeah, that's it's a fun. good chunk, though, honestly. And uh, it keeps getting better. You're you're doing great work over there, man. Ronnie Price, or well, no, Ronnie Brewer. My bad, <laughs> wrong Ronnie. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, wrong Ronnie. But um, yeah, that was a fun one talking to Ronnie Brewer. Um, that was just, there was no contact or anything. Like, I don't know if you guys know that story about how I even got him on there. No. Um, I have this random, like 20, 2009, 2010 jazz poster and they, you know, all autographed and I found it. I just tweeted it out and I tagged, you know, the players from that team who were on Twitter and I tagged Ronnie Brewer and all of a sudden he followed me because of it. And I was like, wow, Ronnie Brewer just followed me. And then I started thinking and with like a little push from my wife, she's like, you should ask him to be on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, right. So I DM Ronnie Brewer. Hey, I have this podcast. Do you want to be on it? And I'm not even joking with not even, I want to say 30 seconds after I DM'd him, like he must've been checking those DMs. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You just named a day anytime. And I'm like, really? That's awesome. Yeah. So like that one was just pure luck. Like I'm just asking the dude if he wanted to do it. And I was lucky enough that he said, yeah. And then he actually followed through with it. And we got a, a fun little episode. Oh, yeah. Cool. Jared and I know about being burned by it. So Jared, <laughs> well, Jared threw well, out a tweet it, of, uh, it, to George it, Yang. Uh, I was like, hey, man, look, can you be on our podcast? This is like pre-season. And George yeah, was like, yeah. This is before yeah. George Yang started blowing up. This is before yeah, he was George was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, let's do it. And we were like, oh, cool. That's really cool. Like He said he's going to be on. But he didn't follow us, so we we can't DM him. So right. just like one of those things, yeah, like, his yeah DMs man. Are private. Yeah. And it was hard because like, and like you don't want to like keep pestering an NBA player. Like, hey man, you you said this like, you know, a week ago. Uh, <laughs> can we get you on, you know. And it was just one of those things that like it's yeah. like when you said you know it actually happened. And that's you know, funny, you know. So what I learned from this it's is true. that um, uh, um, we got from a uh, cowhide Cal- um, uh, comics. Uh, I bought a one of those uh, Simpsonized jazz posters from him from them uh-huh. so I, I need to go get that signed tweet it out and then i'm um, uh find a wife uh <laughs> and then have my wife push me to get one of the players on the podcast I'm, I'm following after they follow here, you so. on twitter yes right yes. yeah try to follow the script here so yeah um, that's ex- that's the exact recipe so just follow it <laughs> all right so um, matt i'm uh so what have you learned uh so yeah so I mean, obviously you haven't been on the air for a year yet um what oh, yeah. are what like what do you love about uh, doing this podcast um well i like that it gives you know to not let to just speak your voice um your opinion on the jazz um because yeah i work there but really i'm just a lifelong fan just like you know you guys and 
I think that's the best part. And well, honestly, maybe the best part is just getting to know the fans like you guys, like I didn't know you guys um, at all until I started the podcast really. And getting to talk to different people who maybe I've quote met through Twitter or we follow each other and actually getting to communicate and get to know each other and putting their stories out there. Like that's, that's always pretty fun. Um, especially when you get like some good stories out and stuff. So I um, totally that's probably my favorite. That's yeah. one of the most rewarding things about podcasting in my opinion, because who and I have been able to part of our concept that we wanted to do was just to have fans on the podcast all the time. And, uh, we've really been able to do that. We've gotten, gotten to know a lot of really cool people through it. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Like we yeah. talked to a jazz fan who lives in Israel and a jazz fan in, uh, in Korea, who's he's moving back to the, back to the U S in the end of the month. It's crazy. <laughs> well, how did you guys get Anne? Cause she's one who is not, she, I cannot get her locked down to a time. Oh, and no, she's is, hard. That is pretty one. impossible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of that. yeah. Um, my my um uh, what we, we started like I a handle, group text or something. How I, how I handle Anne is um, I talk a lot of trash on her because she won't listen to this podcast. So um, uh, <laughs> that that is exactly how you should handle Anne. Like you you make fun of Anne because that's what she understands. Like she will make fun of you, and then you make fun of her. Like because that's like. I think honestly with Anne, the, the biggest Anne's, thing was Anne's like, pretty I'm, uh, that way. She's you, funny. She's you really catch funny. her at the exact right time. As soon as she says yes, you just start recording. You're like, all right, whatever. You just, <laughs> you just start recording and just go with it. And you, you don't have a plan. You just go because you know, she's a busy, she's a busy woman and that's fine. Yeah, she's right? a, well, she's so, a single mom. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. Like, um, uh, guys, sign into our DMS. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then fly to San Antonio. What? Phew, come on. Um, um, uh, <laughs> Well, because like Matt, it's funny because like I'm, uh, we ran into uni like the week after um, uh, uh, you talked to her. And, like I said the same thing. I was, I, was, I was like, I was like, boy, we've been trying to get you on for a long time. And I'm, uh, oh, Matt she's Sanchez super busy too. And she was like, yeah, uni's like, like she, the busiest person I've ever encountered. Yeah, she, she told us the story that how like she was like trying to get ready for stuff and like had you on the phone trying to get ready for stuff. Like, and she hung up multitasking. So yeah, she hung up. Yeah, she, and boom, she went left out the door. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, she was one just like you said. Like she gave me a time. And then I was like, okay, let's do it. Like I, I will do it whenever you want. Um, because I want you on this podcast. So she she's great. Uni's awesome. Yeah, she's really hopefully, cool. Hopefully she can carve out some couple minutes for you guys. Uh, uh, we'll we'll figure it out eventually. And I, I love doing podcasting just because like obviously, like uh, there's probably no way that I would have run into Matt, even on Twitter. Like I probably would have saw some of his uh tweets. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to interact with everybody on Twitter. I just, I like the lurk. I like oh, the look. That's a good segue um, into your Matthew L. Oh, okay. So I'm a, I'm a one yeah. of my, I'm a Matthew L. I'm a, yeah. Let's talk about it. Matthew L. I'm a, we had him on as a guest a couple times. He's a producer at KSL. Download the KSL Sports app, everybody. <laughs> There's a plug for you. But um, uh, Matt, you said you interned at KSL, so you, you know, we were connected in that way. So go ahead, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Well, so my first ever internship that I ever had was at KSO in the sports department. And this was back in, okay, let me think. <laughs> it was 07. I think it was like winter of 07. Yeah. Maybe I, my interview was like December of 06. That's when it was. And I go down there, you know, I'm nervous and no one's there to interview me. And I'm like waiting. I don't know if you guys ever been in that like triad building, but there's like 20,000 layers of security. Yep. Like the most secure <laughs> building in Salt Lake. And I've like, been up to it, but who, who uh, has his badge doesn't work anymore because it hasn't worked. To, to, get, to get to like the sports department, it takes three separate doors that you have to have a badge for. <laughs> that is and you have secure. to like have, you know, you have to turn two keys. You have to have like missile <laughs> exactly. codes. <laughs> And and now um, uh, with everything going on, they have security now, like watching everybody come in and out too. Now before before it was just empty, you just, you go in whenever. And now like almost almost every hour, they have a security guard posted. So oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so I think I don't even remember what Matt Glade's uh, title was. I think he was just like a producer, associate producer, or something. So the people who were there to interview me weren't there. Okay, the people who should have been. So Matt Glade was the only guy back in the sports department that day. And he's like, okay, I'll take you back. 
And he's like, you know what? I'll interview you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. Cause I'm just like, you know, in my suit and I'm all like, you know, nervous as crap. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That sounds awesome. And we chat and it was just like, he's really down to earth, you know, just, we just talked about sports and you know what I wanted to do. And next thing I know, I get an email that I got the internship and I nice. always tell, cause I saw Matt, you know, Matt Glade at jazz games for, you know, a decade after that. And I always told him, I have this job at the jazz because of you specifically you, because he gave me, he got me that internship that really opened the door to so many different opportunities in my life you know the jazz being one of them Mm. and you know he's all humble he's like ha 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 yeah right but it's true like i he he gave me because he easily could have been like hey dave noriega or at the time mike grant or jeremiah jensen this guy was an idiot no don't hire him as your intern but he (laughs) you know he liked me enough to like recommend me and that's sorry awesome guy that's funny because literally, but Matthew Alglade did tell those guys the same thing about me. So he, this guy's an idiot, but he's nice. You should, <laughs> you should hire him. So you know, that, that, it worked out well for me too. So that worked out great. So, um, uh, but that's awesome. Yeah, so that's great. That um, uh, and so if, if if you're young, if you're a college student, you're you're in high school, college, or whatever, you want college credit. I guess you have to get college uh, to get college credit. Uh, if you're a college student that wants to get an internship, that's it's a good way to go to get internships you know it sucks that you don't get paid you know right they tell you don't work to not right. get paid but i mean sometimes you just have to get your foot in the door to get something else like how many unpaid inter- internships did you do matt let's count them up uh ksl like i mentioned ksl k fan i did an internship for the utah blaze arena football oh, the blaze. um Ooh, yeah, the i blaze. did one two three four internships for the jazz but the jazz was paid so that was the only the jazz were the only oh, nice internship that paid you and then i actually did one at mtv uh during for a summer in new york that was oh, unpaid cool. also uh um, did you say i was paid or unpaid unpaid so living in new york city uh, for a summer with woo. no money that's that's rough that's where uh yeah well what that's advice where you i wouldn't to? have been able to Sorry, what, what advice mean, do you get to college students that, I mean, unpaid internships are hard to do, like, especially, like you said, New York, like, how do you, um, uh, how do you balance getting mo- uh, money to pay rent and uh, doing an internship unpaid? Well, I don't know if this is, uh, as far as I go, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't married at the time, because my wife had a full-time job and basically supported me. So that's not necessarily what I recommend kids doing, but um <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there's different ways to, you know, get federal, you know, grants or different things like that. When I was out in New York, I found a, a different, a part-time paying job. I worked at the NBA store that summer also, nice. um, just hourly. And I don't know. I don't know if you can try to save or find some way to get that money because although four months in New York, super, super costly, I feel like it, it pays in the end, you know, um, so if, if people can do it, then I feel like do it, you know, don't be afraid to try. That's, that's mm. always my number one advice is like someone, my, my older brother gave me advice right before that KSL, um, before I applied for that internship. And he says, Hey, all those cool jobs, someone has to get them. And most people feel like they can't get them. So just apply and you never know. And I, that always just stuck with me. It's like, like, I'm never going to get an internship at MTV, but I just applied and suddenly I got it, you know, like. You just never know. Uh, sorry, I'm just filling out my to-do list. Uh, find a wife. Hold on a <laughs> All right. <laughs> Get wife to support me. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, man, this has been this has been really fun. Um, I love uh, talking podcasting because I mean, yeah, I mean, we, Jared and I, we've been doing this for maybe a year, almost a year now. Almost a year is crazy. Yeah, it's uh, flown yeah, by. We, we we did it at the near the end of the season last year, and um. Uh, it's good to talk to fan jazz fans who just like different points of view, different ways to go. Um, I'm glad that I'm, uh, you're having a good time and listen to the jazz. The, I mean, it's, it's so fun. What I like about your podcast is that like you were in the system, you know, and so you kind of know there's these like stories that you have that are, you know, again, Joe Schmoes don't know. And like, you kind of give a little insight and I, I think that's what really sets you apart from a lot of um, other jazz podcasts is that 
you talk about things that cause you were there, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for listening. Um, I always kind of feel like it, it's like, I always kind of feel like why, why are you, why would anybody listen to this? You know, I'm sure you guys think that same thing, but like all the time, oh, yeah, yeah, constantly, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do have some stories. I, I try to, I have a lot of things. I had an episode with Spencer Hall. Um, oh yeah. You guys know Spencer Hall and he was trying to get me to spill a bunch of secrets that I have. And I don't know some part of me still won't share mostly because I know it'll burn some bridges with the people who still work at the jazz. Um, <laughs> So I try to give insight, but um, who knows? Maybe one day I'll just say screw it and I'll just say everything I know. That's but. some. Uh, that's called being media savvy, there, um, uh, Mr. Sanchez. That's <laughs> hey, state secrets. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can use leverage those to. Maybe you can leverage those into a guest appearance. <laughs> I know. I'll spill some tea unless you. <laughs> but like we said, I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I hope people listen to our podcast. I hope people listen to your podcast. Jazz of gals um, uh, is great for um, uh, these. Those two, those two ladies just have really fun insights about stuff that um, I don't even think about in the same way in the same way they do. So it's always fun to hear their point of views. Jabber jazz uh, twos and threes are really good stats ones and stuff like that. So um, totally, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just fun to be in the same podcast space and have different. I mean, I think I think the great thing about jazz fans is that they're looking for content. Sometimes they're looking for you know hard hitting analysis like from David Locke. And sometimes they just want to hear fun stories, you know, and that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we try to bring to the people, I guess. So, um, really? uh, do you have any advice for anybody out there who, like you, like you were or like we were, thinking about starting a podcast some uh, this year? I mean, I feel like just cliche, but just just do it. Like if you have a topic and you want to start a podcast, like. I don't know. I feel like usually a lot of things in life, the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. Um, Mm. And I feel like you never know until you do it, right? Like, yeah, maybe you do it and it doesn't succeed or it doesn't flourish the way you wanted it to. Well, at least, you know, like I'm a big fan of, I I don't like to leave things like in the unknown space. Um, But you never know, like, what do you have to lose is kind of my thing. And like, I have a lot of things I'm interested in. Like I've told my wife, I'm like, I should start a Seinfeld podcast. And, you know, if, if you have a topic, whether it's the jazz or it's who knows, graphic design or anything else, like if you have stuff to say, <laughs> design might as well do passion. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you never know. Like maybe it's just a more educational and you're just telling people how to do stuff or whatever, you know, do it. Yeah. I enjoyed that uh, with podcasting that you can find, like there's a niche for just about everything and like like you, you, just the fact that you can reach so many people and so many different like there, there there's got to be some at least some group of people that's out there that's similar to you in some way shape or form so they're like totally. they identify with your podcast they'll identify with your content they'll be like i like this person on uh, an unassuming level that i can listen to them for half an hour this week totally <laughs> <laughs> And to build on what uh, Matt and Jared have said, um, uh, like Jared knows this, like we we don't have a huge audience. We have we have an audience. I don't think it's a huge audience, but we have an audience. And I appreciate people who um, uh, download and subscribe and listen and want to hear what we have to say. Because, uh, like Matt said, I was like, who wants to hear me talk for an hour? But you know, they keep coming back, so I, we must not be you know blowing everything up yet. So and it's, it is quarantine time. So <laughs> if you have the time you might as well you know be creative and do some stuff right now so yeah all well, right i need Matt. to ask before we sign off i need to hear nope. about your nintendo bracket what is this okay about? so <laughs> uh this is going to be for a different podcast i would i like uh, when i say i have different podcasts i do like four or five different ones um, oh yeah he's gonna start a new one it's called sasquatch sports 2.0 <laughs> yeah it's oh, gonna be exactly. like um, uh, yeah, that was a little that was, that was a little more um uh hairy pun intended i guess <laughs> Um, uh, it's going to be a top 32 Nintendo game. So Matt, uh, it's going to be a top. So we'll have the Nintendo region, the Super NAS region, the uh, the 64 region, and then the rest is like because like I I don't know I, I don't know if I could figure out the top eight Wii Wii U GameCube games. What Nintendo games right. are near and dear to your heart? So I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. So I'm all about original nintendo and super nintendo okay um, all right at, at least so sports games 
and games like Call of Duty and whatever, like I'm still up to date. Like I'll play those anytime. But a lot of like the more fantasy or like RPG games, once 64 came out, I kind of I kind of thought it was too complicated. And at that time, you know, I was only like 12 or whatever. But my favorite oh, Nintendo games of all time are Le- uh, Zelda A Link to the Past. Mm. Okay. All right. Super Nintendo. And Final Fantasy 3. Oh, yeah. Nintendo. The Final Fantasy games are, are great, you know. So, I mean, uh, as far as RPG goes, I like I like the Super Mario RPG. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, on my list, I, I, I mean, like, did you ever play oh. RBI Baseball for Nintendo? Yeah, I did. RBI I'll do baseball. plenty of games for your 64 bracket. Oh, yeah. That was All like right. my console. Well, what, <laughs> NFL Blitz games? has to go on there. Or uh, Blitz I 2000 doesn't matter. Spoiler alert, it'll be on there. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I feel like the 64 is kind of like, it's like John Stockton, like GoldenEye has to win, right? Oh, yeah. Like GoldenEye, John Stockton GoldenEye is going to win. Goldeneye is gonna win that. Oh well, I guess we'll I guess we'll see, won't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of some other 64 games that are just. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, I, I remember I loved 1080 snowboarding. Like that was a big oh, time oh, was a game back game. in the day. I've got a lot oh, of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yep. Tony Hawk. Yep. yep. Um, uh, so uh, I mean, I, I again, like, so Matt and I, I think I'm uh, I'm older than you, but um, uh, about the same era, 80s and 90s, and Nintendo, Super Nintendo were were ones that I, I grew up playing with my brothers. And so um, uh, I have fond memories. And again, it's March Madness for like another week. And so I was like, well, we might as well throw something out. And uh, Jared and I have talked about doing a top 64 uh, Simpsons March Madness of some sort. Um, uh, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be something Simpsons related because okay. there's so much content. So, Like episodes? Like favorite uh, episodes? So yeah. the thing is that somebody already did a 64 episodes and I, I don't appreciate the way they did it. I don't think they seeded it very well at all. But um, well, there, uh, there you go. Now's your chance to fix it. Yeah, could, so it's true like that I'm we a, could recede. Uh, yeah, it's read, it's do, tough, man. Right. It could be episodes. It could be could be yeah. scenes. It could be gags. Would you be able to know. do a? Would you be able to do a top episodes uh, Seinfeld bracket? You think? Uh, Matt? Oh man, I've thought about it. Yeah, I could totally do it. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I'm I'm a Seinfeld geek as much as there possibly can be one. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Last thing, I like how you end your podcast on talking about uh, what people are watching. What are you watching during quarantine right now? Yeah. Oh. Um, so I just finished The Outsider from HBO. Oh, okay. Did you guys watch that at all? I haven't watched it yet. I've heard some uh, good I can't afford premium cable, man. This is well, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't have HBO currently. It would be mostly. I'm in uh, this. Uh, password trading game so i trade my netflix to a friend and he trades me his hbo ah, yes. that's that's that's, that's the way, way to, go. to go honestly it is um i will say that the outsider after i watched it reminded me of an extremely adult stranger things so i'll leave it at that really oh really so there's like some supernatural and there's like all this unknown and there's stuff happening in a small town and it's it was like a stephen king story or whatever so like hmm. you know how he can kind of get weird with like supernatural stuff and right. anyway i thought it was good um i was intrigued by it um i want to watch i mean i have a lot of shows there's so many shows out there man like yeah uh, i, I want to start westworld but i again i don't have a hbo subscription right now <laughs> um, well, i want to never... watch the wire the wire is one oh the wire is excellent to. the wire i have seen in its entirety and it is it is definitely one of the best TV shows ever. Yeah, it's I got to so get good. on that. Right, Matt, are you more into like dramas right now, or like um, uh, procedurals, know. or do you want? Are, are you trying to mix up with some sitcoms in the middle too, or? You know, I I, I have a hard time binging sitcoms. Um, yeah, like I, I was watching. I watched Shit's Creek. Uh, I watched like the first three seasons like super fast, and you know, those are like bite sized, like twenty minutes each. And I really enjoy it. But after like three seasons, I kind of just not not intentionally i just didn't have the same fire to like need to know what happens as like a drama or like some kind of like a thriller type show yeah so I, with the story yeah, i'm all about more. like a really story that just makes you have to watch all right all right yeah i identify with that a lot jared same question to you <clears throat> uh well i was finishing off the west wing up until recently I'm on like season seven, episode thirteen. I had never watched it all the way through. It's a really good show, man. It's like it's like super good. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, a show I 
I always recommend to folks, especially if they like science fiction, is The Expanse. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. That is that is top notch. Um, I just finished season four like, like a month ago or something. Um, so it's got four seasons. They're about ten episodes each or so. Yeah. Um, right. uh, I can't really think of anything else. In particular. That's, that's fine. Hey, that's oh, fine. I started watching the latest season of Archer. <laughs> I'm actually like four seasons behind an Archer. It's, I, I think the same thing happened. I, I binged a lot at one time, and then when I finally caught up, I just never went back to it. So, yeah, that's it what it is. Well, it, they stopped having like a, a story that was like this. They just did a different theme every year. They stopped having a story that built on itself. And yeah, it is kind of one of those ones that I took a lot of time off from it. Read a book, Jared. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much. I'm a, I'm a, you have anything else that you want to say to our audience here? No, I mean, thank you for having me. I know that we, this is like a few months in the making. I think we talked a little bit ago about getting on the pod. And much like Anne, I guess, we just kind of fell off a little. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm a, we, like Jared and I have a queue. And then sometimes we forget about the queue and we just, like, yeah. we do a flavor of the week type thing. And right. like, like, oh, yeah, we need to get this guy on. And it's I'm funny a, how that happens. Like you'll ask like 10 people and they're all like, yeah, I want to do it. And then none like, of them are available that when day, you need it. Yeah. Oh, somebody yeah, that exactly. day that you haven't even thought of is like, I'll do it. And you're like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, who who do you have on, on deck for, uh, for your podcast here? So tomorrow I'm talking to McCoy from the Jazz of Gals. That's oh, yes. nice. She's That's awesome. A, she's a great interview. She's fun. Yeah, so I'm excited about that one. Um, I've been chatting with Jody. Um, trying to get Jody on there. Uh, oh, he'll, he'll definitely do your show. Jo- Jody's scheduling-wise can, can be kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I've sat around, or were, I should say, we sat near each other a lot for years watching the Jazz play. So I know Jody a little bit. Um, but yeah, like that dude's busy. So I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm efforting some people. Hopefully I can get some other fun people on there eventually yeah. too. Well, I'm so glad that you uh, were able to get the time and uh, talk with us today. Uh, do me a favor. When you see, when you talk to McCoy, ask her if she knows who I am and it doesn't have to be, <laughs> okay. doesn't have to be on the air. Just ask her if she even knows who I am. And then I'm, uh, we'll figure that out. She'll so. tell you the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, ask if to you be on air, a- obviously. If you haven't listened to the episode yet, then yeah, she'll tell you the story on it. All right, folks. um, uh, Well, thank you for joining us. Again, he's at underscore Matt Sanchez. Um, uh, If you can kick the real, the other Matt Sanchez, the real Matt Sanchez, if if you can um, uh, get rid of the other Matt Sanchez and let our Matt Sanchez uh, get that handle, that'd be great. Uh, Hashtag report Matt Sanchez. (laughs) Follow him uh, his um, uh, podcast at the jazz, at jazz podcasts. Um, it's the jazz podcast it can be found on apple spotify anywhere you can find podcasts really um uh jared is that go the distance 49 yeah um uh jared any any um, uh, 49ers news that we should know about uh well they just signed a they just signed a wide receiver from oh shoot i can't remember the name of the guy <laughs> They traded Sanders and Buckner. So no, they traded Buckner for the thirteenth pick overall, which I think that's a good trade because it didn't look like they were going to pay Buckner apparently. Which yeah. <sighs> who's my he was one of my top two favorite players on that defense. So I don't I don't know about that move. We'll see. And then um, uh, all right, well, I'm uh, good luck with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever the NFL comes back to play, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, right. Uh, you can follow me at Who Transferman or at Jazz High Notes. Um, uh, and folks, so uh, thanks for listening. Hit subscribe, you know, follow along, write us a review if you, if you feel like it. Let us know if we're doing a good job or not. And then uh, we'll probably read it on air. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.